Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Over Easy. My name is Manny, in case you are new here, and I am currently in my last semester of university studying psychology and business, and I just have a podcast because I love talking, and talking out loud makes... I don't know. I love it. But anyways, I hope you are doing well. I feel a little bit out of the groove because to be honest, I actually haven't filmed a podcast in almost two weeks. Last week, I did upload an episode, but that episode I filmed before 2022. So I just never got around to uploading it because I had a few things going on at the beginning of this year, which I will talk about very soon. But I hope you are doing well. I... I I don't know. I'm in kind of a weird mood today. I don't know if I'm like not in a super talkative mood, but I am here and I hope I hope we are all having a great year so far. Let's get into my rosebud and thorn. All right. My oh, actually, I should say if you're watching the video, you can probably tell I'm not wearing my glasses. I'm actually trying to transition into wearing contacts full time just because honestly, glasses just get in the way so often. Like, you know, they'll get dirty and then I'll have to clean them and I can't see and they're always on my face and actually a lot of times if I wore my glasses for long periods of time my nose would start really hurting because of like the weight on my nose so I really did not like that and it was just gave me headaches a lot so I'm trying out new contacts because I not got a new prescription and that's why I'm wearing contacts today but I also wear contacts a lot actually if you watch my vlogs you'll know I pretty much wear contacts like anytime I'm not on the computer But anyways, that is why I might look different. I can't really tell if I like it when I wear glasses versus when I'm not. I kind of do like when I wear glasses, like how I look, but I think that's also because I've gotten used to it. So I think it'll just get a little bit of adjusting to kind of like get used to how I look without glasses because it's been a while. But anyways, now we can get into the rose bud and thorn. Let me think. My bud is that I'm looking forward to the new semester starting. As of the time that I'm recording this, the new semester starts tomorrow, and I am very excited. Obviously, I love having the structure of school to kind of structure my day. I think I'm a lot more productive over winter break. I wasn't super productive. I didn't really do much, but I think that's totally fine, too. I actually had a great winter break, and I guess this will be my rose. I had a great winter break, relaxing and genuinely not really doing anything, and also also not feeling bad about it, which I think is really important. Because I know before in like high school and even early university, if I was taking a break, I would honestly feel really guilty because I felt like I was wasting my time. But you have to be careful with that because that is toxic productivity talking and I feel really good about just taking a break this winter break and having a good time like even if I'm not seeing people just hanging out by myself and letting myself recharge has been really nice this winter break so there's my bud and my rose and my thorn is that This semester, I am taking four courses total like I was last semester, but the thing is that I'm taking three like core courses, I guess, and only one elective because um, with online school last year and then like with the timing of schedules and everything, I wasn't able to take a couple courses that I need to graduate, so I'm taking a lot of them this semester. So first, I'm not really looking forward to obviously the workload. Solder courses are a little bit harder and because I'm not that good at them or like I'm just not as experienced in them. It takes a little bit of time adjusting to the concepts and focusing on like what you need to learn. And then also I actually have more in-class time 
compared to like a lot of other semesters in the past with online school and also last semester I've been trying to avoid going to class like avoid having structured class time because I feel like when I have my own schedule I am a lot more productive and I can do a lot more things obviously my schedule is a lot more flexible but this semester I have three in-class classes and they actually require attendance so I will be going to those obviously and it just sucks because it obviously eats up a lot of my time and my schedule is not as flexible anymore which in the grand scheme of things is not a big deal but obviously compared to previous semesters and previous years it's kind of sucky. I'm gonna have to go from like having one in-person class and one structured class to having three now which is definitely an adjustment. But that's my rose, bud, and thorn. So let's talk about why I took a big break this the past few weeks. Um, I don't even know how to start this. <laughs> so I actually never really intended to take a break. I wanted my last episode to go up the last week of December and then I was just going to keep filming episodes throughout the new year and everything. It was like it was going to be totally normal. But basically I don't want to get into too many details but basically what happened is one of my family members got COVID and it was kind of basically just kind of shook up the entire family dynamic because obviously I live with my grandparents and me being one of the only people in my family who is able to drive who has the best like health essentially and like can independently get things done, I kind of felt like it was a lot of responsibility on my end in the case that like anyone else in my family got COVID. So one person got COVID and they started quarantining like basically as soon as they got their symptoms and I felt really overwhelmed because I felt like because we were all close contacts, all of my family members, we all had a chance of getting COVID, especially because the person that got COVID in my family got it through like the spread of when the person he got it from was incubating if that makes sense so anyways that was just like a whole ordeal so basically what happened is I decided to move out of the house for the week while my family member was quarantining and I decided to move in with my boyfriend for the week and there were a lot of factors that went into this decision the main thing for me being that If I did not have COVID at the time, then it would have been the safest option for me to be able to get groceries and do whatever for my family and bring them back to my family home in the case that any other members of my family got COVID. And also, like I said before, because I can drive, because I can pay for things with credit cards and all this kind of stuff, like it was logically the best sense. Obviously, my mom couldn't go out because she was helping take care of the person who got COVID. So it was really dangerous for her to be able to go out. Technically right now with the CDC, or at least in Canada, I don't really know how it works everywhere else. If you have COVID or if you're a close contact, you're actually, you don't need to do anything anymore. I know before, if you were a close contact, you also had to quarantine, but now they're saying if you're a close contact, you don't have to. So we technically didn't have to quarantine, but just to be safe, my the rest of my family did quarantine just to obviously reduce the spread if any of us did actually have COVID. So I moved in with my boyfriend that week and uh, the actual experience of living with my boyfriend was actually great. We got along really well. I was really surprised. I honestly thought that because we work together, because we were living together that week and just we do everything. And also I didn't have much on 
like my schedule because I was kind of keeping it open for my family and also just in case I had COVID like I didn't want to go out and see a bunch of people so I had nothing to do much last week and obviously I was at my boyfriend's place just basically chilling the entire day so I thought we would argue a lot more to be honest but it actually wasn't too bad and we got along really well we cooked meals together obviously we actually also went to work together and then all this stuff so it wasn't too bad we did end up having small arguments here and there throughout the week but we ended up resolving it and our communication was really good so I was really happy with the experience it like gives me ease I guess to think about the future when we will move in together like to think that we've kind of had this experience already it makes me like not uh, stress out about it as much but basically that's where I was obviously I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later my mental space was not at its prime and I didn't want to really film podcasts or do anything really I really didn't do much last week I was pretty much just sitting at home and watching YouTube all day because I just couldn't I just didn't have the mental ability to do anything else I was really overwhelmed and I had a lot of anxiety last week so wasn't the best start to the year, but we are a lot better now. Obviously, as you can tell, I've moved back home and everyone's okay. And we're all good. We're all chilling. So yeah, that's where I've been. It was kind of stressful and I cannot imagine what other people are going through if their family members test positive or anything else. So just want to encourage you to stay safe. Obviously, it's hard to just stay home now because of job obligations and all that kind of stuff. But if you are ever in contact with someone who tests positive or if you test positive, just stay safe and take care of yourself. And hopefully we will get through this together because it has been a long two years. But anyways, I kind of wanted to, because of my story of what I was doing last week, focus this episode more on my anxiety because I don't think I've ever actually talked about it in a podcast episode and I thought it would be, I guess, more... I guess a little insightful to talk about it because I actually I don't I'm not diagnosed with actual anxiety disorder but like any other person I do experience it from time to time and especially if I'm more stressed out or put into these extenuating circumstances it does happen a lot often a lot more often for me so I figured I would talk about it so let's talk about uh, I guess the first time I really remember having a panic attack and just anxiety in general. I, you know, like with everyone, if you're nervous, you kind of feel like you have those nerves in you. I remember, I don't know, when I would go to take exams or I knew I had like piano exams and stuff like that when I was little, I would always feel nervous before them. And it was totally fine afterwards. I didn't feel anything. So for me, my initial symptoms when I can feel I'm getting anxious. I feel like I can't breathe. I have to remind myself to take deep breaths. Otherwise, when I breathe, it's like very shallow and I can't take full breaths, which is really bad because then when you're not like supplying your body with oxygen, it just gets kind of even worse. It's kind of like a cycle. And then I also have this weird feeling of it feels like it feels very scratchy in my hip flexors. So the part where your hips and your legs connect this part of my body when I feel really nervous, it gets I I don't know how to describe it other than it, it feels like 
it's scratching or like it's kind of tensing and relaxing all the time. It feels like an active movement. It's not like super achy, but it feels like it's just tensing and relaxing all the time, which is kind of weird. So that's those are my initial symptoms. And then from there, usually they can calm down. My anxiety can calm down a lot and then I'll feel nothing. But other times when I've like led to my first panic attack, it has gotten a lot more worse. So my first panic attack that I remember was actually when I was a BI. So this was not that long ago. The first one that I remember, at least I was a BI in 2020 and early 2021. So I remember this one, though, was like in the winter of 2020, I'm pretty sure, because basically a lot of my anxiety comes from COVID, or at least this year, the reason why my anxiety has been so high. So in the end of 2020, our cases were going up again, and it was like when it was really bad again, and I was still being a BI. So that involved for that particular client going to their house and being in extremely close proximity with all the family members, obviously the child that I was working with, and I was wearing a mask, but because everyone else was just at home, they didn't wear a mask. So it gave me a lot of background anxiety to know that I was in such close proximity and also I don't know if that family was taking the close like the most careful precautions in terms of COVID and stuff like that just based on the lifestyle that I saw when I was working with them I knew that they were in close contact with a lot of other families in their neighborhood so I was kind of like always freaking out I was always very nervous going to work and I always told myself oh it's fine I'm wearing a mask but you know having that background like chatter in your mind of anxiety is really tiring. So I remember in the middle of my session, I just felt like I couldn't breathe and I felt like it was starting, like the nervousness. And then I literally like could not breathe. So I had to stop the session. Obviously the kid, I just gave the kid a toy and they were occupying themselves, but I had to stand to the side and really focus on my breathing because when my breathing gets bad, I get lightheaded. And also, I don't know if this happens to anyone else, but my vision, I start seeing white sparkles. And eventually when it was really bad at one time, like the white just overcomes everything and I can't see anything. But at that time in my BI session, I saw all the white sparkles coming in front of me and I like was hyperventilating a little bit so I couldn't really breathe. And yeah, it was just not a good time. Uh, I ended up being okay because I had to really focus on my breathing. I took a break from the session, obviously, drank some water, breathed, like just breathed, focused, like, <sighs> and eventually it ended up being okay but that experience really shook me because I never really had it come out of nowhere had like my anxiety come out of nowhere I used to actually have these really bad reactions similar to this when I would ride planes for really long rides one being when I went to China and coming back from China with on a family trip I remember I had similar experiences but at the time I didn't know it was like panic or anxiety driven but yeah, that was my first like out in public, out of nowhere panic attack. And it really shook me because I really didn't, I like had no experience with it whatsoever. And I didn't really know what was going on. But especially ever since then, like with COVID kind of amping up right now, my background like anxiety has been a lot higher. So I think that it's already really draining to deal with this background chatter. But to have to deal with even more on top of that is so 
tiring and so like hard to deal with. And I think that's why we all should cut ourselves some slack just because we've all been dealing with this for two years and it's not normal like to just get up and think that life is normal again. Like it's not normal even as much as people want to say, oh, it's just a flu or whatever. No, (laughs) like we've all had to deal with the, if you haven't tested positive, at least the mental stress or just everything changing in our society and the news constantly updating, constantly bombarded with all this information. Like we're not used to it and it's totally okay if you're still not used to it and you're mentally just not as resilient as you used to be. Everyone has gone through something like that in their life and especially during this time. So if you are feeling that way, just know that I'm feeling for you and I totally understand where you are at. So ever since then, I have had to deal with anxiety. You know, it's come here and there, especially, especially one thing that triggers me is when something comes up and I didn't know about it. So kind of like surprises. And I'm not saying that I don't like surprises. Like I think, you know, surprise party or whatever. They're so fun. But I think when things come up and I have to deal with them and I didn't know about them and it really throws off my plan is when I get a lot of anxiety. So I'm going to give another story of when I felt really anxious, um, which was at work, actually. So typically work, how it, how it works, work, how it works. I usually come in 30 minutes early before the kids start coming in. Oh, I work at a math tutoring place in case you didn't know. So I typically come in 30 minutes early and start setting up and just getting things ready for the day, whether that be like printing more papers or setting up people's schedules setting up the seating plan, whatever it is, I just do that. And I remember this one particular day, we had a new instructor, a new employee coming in for their first shift. But what I was told was that the employee was coming in at four. And so, you know, when I came in at three, I was just setting up and organizing. But what actually ended up happening is that new employee started and came at 3.30 to no fault of his own. I mean, I think he just thought that like the shift started at 3.30 because that's when our opening hours were. So obviously that kind of threw me off, especially because I had two bosses at the time there, my boyfriend and then my actual boss. My actual boss was left the center to go and do like a random errand, like to run some errands. And then my boyfriend was also busy and he was on the computer. So I kind of felt this stress on myself, especially because he had just walked in. It was his first shift, so he didn't know what he was doing. And I was the only one available. I felt like I had to take that responsibility on to myself to get him oriented, to get him his t-shirt, his like whatever to get oriented because my boyfriend was busy and obviously my other boss wasn't there at the time. And so that really, really shook me. And I don't know why it shook me to this day because actually last week something similar happened, but I started having panic in my in my nerves like I started feeling this like hyperventilating feeling again feeling that scratchy feeling in my legs because I was really thrown off and I didn't know what to do and also I didn't really have much experience of orientating the new instructors really I just 
I don't really deal with that, but it was my first time and I was really nervous. So I like rushed and tried to get him to find a t-shirt that he liked and stuff like that. But obviously I wasn't really thinking straight and I started sweating. I remember that my shirt was like feeling sweaty at the back. And eventually my boyfriend could tell obviously that I was panicking and not really thinking straight and he got me to do some deep breaths and then it felt a lot better. So that was the end of that one. And hopefully, I mean, yeah, I've learned a lot that breathing can really just stop a lot of my panic attacks for me. So yeah, that's like another time I had a panic attack at work, which was not very fun. But Throughout this year, I've learned a lot about what has triggered my anxiety and what has, you know, what are the factors that really get me to be nervous. And because I have such a low tolerance for stimuli now, because I have this constant background chatter of COVID in my, in the back of my mind, you know, I kind of see it as like a threshold bar, right? So before, maybe when I was little, I never hit panic because I had a really large bar and there was nothing really that really pushed me to that threshold but because of this background stimuli that I'm always thinking about like oh am I socially distanced with everyone else oh is there anyone here that has COVID maybe all this kind of background chatter that happens regardless of where I go now I feel like my bar is kind of taken up a little bit so regardless of doing anything I already have kind of like a lower tolerance before I kind of hit panic so nowadays when something unexpected happens or I feel really overwhelmed it's really easy for me to hit that state of panic so that's just something that I've learned throughout the years and I think if you're also struggling with dealing with your mental health and dealing with the mental stability like observing yourself and learning what really sets you off will help you a lot in the long run because obviously then you can know to avoid those things like some days when I'm feeling particularly anxious already and then I go to the grocery store and there's a lot of people that day I know I've had a lot of not panic attacks but like a lot of high anxiety in the grocery store and it gets like I can't even see because of how many people there are, how much stimuli there is, especially in a grocery store, right? Like there's so much stuff everywhere, so many colors, so many noises. It's just really hard to deal with at times. I actually saw this post that I want to show, I want to share with you guys um, that I thought was really uh, insightful, that I thought really described me. It's like, it says this, sensory overload is frustrating because how am I supposed to explain that I don't want someone near me because I can hear the washing machine beeping, background noise, there's clothes in the wrong places, everyone is too loud, there's dirty dishes, and I can feel my toes too much. So I have definitely felt that a lot the last few, like throughout the pandemic, because I'm already thinking about so many things and then at the grocery store there's so many people there's people bumping into you and then there's thinking about what you need to buy at the grocery store picking the good vegetables the lights the noise everything and it's I just is too much stimuli and it gets overwhelming at times so if I can I usually try to avoid situations like that because like when I know I'm already particularly like anxious or panicky at that day I try to avoid situations like that and I really try to only go if I'm like mentally able to handle all that because obviously I don't want to make myself feel worse than I already am and I think also what was I where was I going to go with this being able to set those boundaries with yourself and 
know to not do things if they are not benefiting your mental health is also a really big thing to learn. Like the example that I just said, not going to the grocery store when you're not mentally capable. And I know not everyone is able to do this. Sometimes going grocery shopping is like, that's the only time you can go that week because of work or whatever. But for me, I've found that like avoiding things until I'm actually mentally able to do it and taking care of my mental health first has really helped me out. So I also want to share something that I learned when I was talking to my counselor about my anxiety. I, this was also a time, I think it was like early 2021 when COVID was particularly bad. It was a time when I was feeling really anxious all the time because of COVID and just how much was going on in the world. And he told me to envision my panic attacks as like a mountain. So obviously you're not going to hit an anxiety attack or a panic attack right away because of something. It's usually because you're building up all these things and you're not able to stop it in time. So when you particularly, so when I, for example, feel that nervous feeling in my chest or the scratchy feelings in my legs, and I'm not particularly nervous yet, but I can feel that in my body, I need to pay attention to that and stop it. Because what you can imagine is when you feel those anxiety symptoms, you're slowly climbing up the anxiety mountain. The top of the mountain is your panic attack and you're slowly climbing up through all these different symptoms that might be showing. Like for me, it's not being able to breathe. For you, it might be that you're tired and stuff like that. When you see those symptoms in yourself, you need to stop it right away. Otherwise, it's going to keep building and building and building and you'll get to the top and you'll have a panic attack. So for me, when I feel those feelings, I know that I need to take deep breaths right away. For me, like most of the time I realize when I like feel nervous or whatever, I realize I haven't breathed in a while, if that makes sense. I haven't breathed like deeply, like really gotten the oxygen in my body, you know? So I will try to take some deep breaths. Uh, One thing that I really like to do in terms of deep breaths is... If you can, you can breathe in for eight seconds, hold for eight seconds, and then breathe out for eight seconds. The eight seconds is really long. I know it feels like that, but it's really important because it really gets you to breathe really deeply. If you can't though, you can always start with four, four, and four, or five, 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 whatever feels right for you. But for me, eight seconds is really good because also counting in my head gets my mind off of being nervous. There's also another um, thing, I don't know, coping thing that my uh, counselor taught me, which I can't remember the exact order now, but you put your thumb against your fingers and for each finger, so for example, the first one, you will state five things that you can see. You will state four things on your next finger, four things that you can hear, uh, three things that you can touch two things that you can smell and one thing that you can taste and that really gets you to focus on being grounded and just being out of your head not thinking so much which I think is really important as well having these small little distractions ready to take out of your back pocket in any situation is really really important because when you're feeling anxious already you don't want to spend more time thinking about what you should do to get rid of your anxiousness you should just be able to pull these strategies out and uh, have them ready to go So those are my two go-tos. 
even if you don't do it perfectly, like just focusing on what you can see, what you can hear, what you can smell, touch and taste is really important already. You don't have to do it to the numbers exactly, but just being able to state some things for each category is also great. But for me, particularly just breathing has helped me a lot. One other thing that I've realized is like my daily routine, I meditate every morning and I realized that if I don't do that, I actually feel a little more anxious that day. So I remember in particular before I started meditating, there was one day, it was like daylight savings time when you spring forward an hour. So most people sleep in or like miss whatever. So that happened and I ended up being like almost late to my counseling session. And I felt really, really anxious that day because I wanted to be able to do my morning routine. But obviously I knew that I was going to be late and I hate being late to things. It's like one of my pet peeves and also something that I tried to avoid. But it made me really, really anxious. And I realized that it's not really the act of meditating that helps me be less anxious. It's giving myself that time in the morning to not be in a rush, to breathe deeply, and to just let my thoughts wander. I know a lot of people, when they meditate, they try to like clear their mind like they want their mind to just be like an empty field but I don't really try to do that when I meditate because a I think it's impossible and also when I focus on like emptying my mind more thoughts come in so I don't try to do that at all what I really try to do is if that day I have a lot of thoughts I just notice what they are and if they're for example tasks that I need to do I'll write them down after to make sure that I don't forget or if I'm um, thinking about a dream, then I'll replay the dream in my mind and think about why I'm thinking about it and all this kind of stuff. I don't really try to stop my thoughts. It's more about just noticing what is passing on the freeway. This is uh, an, 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 this is an analogy that I heard when I was doing headspace. They were basically saying that meditation is kind of like you're sitting on a freeway and you're just kind of noticing what cars are passing by, the cars being your thoughts. And I thought that was really interesting because for the longest time, I thought meditation, like you were supposed to focus on your breathing, like you're supposed to just pay attention to that. But I honestly could not do it. My mind waters wanders so much and it was really hard for me to only focus on the air that was coming in and out of my nose. So what I do instead is just notice the thoughts that go by, if they're important, if they're not. I give each one a little bit of time to think about, but otherwise that's okay. It's more so the act of not being in a rush and relaxing in the morning that sets my morning off right. Like I think if I didn't meditate, if I even just did like three deep breaths that would be fine too. That's actually something that my counselor told me is that you don't really have to meditate if it doesn't work for you. But if you want that time to focus, you can just do five deep breaths or three deep breaths, which I thought was really helpful. And that has really helped me a lot. Meditation is great. I feel that like my morning routine right now really gets me started off on the right foot, which I'm really happy about. So there's that. And I think everyone's journey with their anxiety or their nervousness is different. So obviously what I have told you about what I've learned and the coping mechanisms that I've had is going to be different depending on you and what you get anxious about. But those are kind of the main things that I've learned. One last thing that I want to say before I end the episode off, it'll be a little shorter today, but that's okay because I think we talked about some deep things today, is 
the importance of prioritizing yourself. I feel like for a lot of us, we feel this need to satisfy everyone else. Like if we're invited to an event or if we're doing all this stuff, we feel really obligated to help everyone else first before you help yourself, before you take care of yourself. Like you wait till, oh, you get home at like 11 p.m. at night, then you're gonna take care of yourself. But remember what the airlines tell you. You have to put on your air mask first before you are able to help anyone else. And I've really taken this to heart this year and I've really tried to not feel guilty about it because I know that it's really important. When I feel tired or drained, I try to cancel plans with people because although it's kind of annoying, you know, I used to be someone who was like, ugh, they're flaking again. I used to be like that all the time, don't worry. And now I realize that had I really gone out and done done those things, seen those people when my mental health was not in tip-top shape, it would have been a terrible experience for everyone. I know I've had my fair share of group hangouts and friend hangouts when I'm not mentally healthy and all I can think about is oh, I want to go home and I'm not really taking advantage of that quality time that I have with other people. But when you focus on yourself first and really hang out with people because you want to, that is when you'll have the better quality relationships, better quality time together, and just like an overall good time for everyone. So I know it's really hard, but I think it's getting easier in this day and age to really tell people that, oh, I'm sorry, like I can't hang out today because I'm not feeling well mentally. And people will be more understanding of that. We're lucky that we're transitioning to a time where people are taking care of their mental health and it's actually being seen as something that needs to be taken care of. I know people haven't before. So that's definitely something that has helped my mental health as well is not going out, not forcing yourself to do things if you can't, if you don't want to, because I just tell myself like if I feel like I don't want to, if I don't feel this urge to actually see this person and hang out with them, then I know that the time I spend with them is not going to be of good quality and like they're not going to enjoy it either. I'm not going to enjoy it. They're not going to enjoy it. It's not going to be fun. But yeah, I think we've talked a lot about my anxiety. If you feel anything like this, I hope this helped and makes you feel a little less alone. Although people don't talk about it. I mean, the discussion a lot is the discussion is a lot more now compared to previous years, but I always felt like I wasn't valid in my mental health because I wasn't diagnosed with depression or anxiety. But now I've realized that even if you're not diagnosed with these mental health disorders, like you can still feel crappy and you can still have anxiety and have anxiety attacks. It doesn't have to be a constant thing for you to feel valid in your mental health. So just know that. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out my podcast Instagram at OverEasyThePodcast and I will see you in my next episode. Bye.